Hey, I'm Andrew Lithi, That's what I love. Mr. Mallard. Uh, join me as always, uh, Mr. Chief of Morale himself, Bud Copeland. Bud, how are you this evening before we get so the point being is good golfers are a fucking dime a dozen. And we saw it in full swing with the line of demarcation between Yeah, are you ready, Buck? Are you ready for the players? Are you ready to make money? Are you ready to try to beat me? I didn't do my homework this week. And welcome in, everybody. Happy Tuesday here for Tea Time Tuesday with Fantasy Sports Corporation. I am Andrew LaDuke, a.k.a. Mr. Mallard, bringing you in for Divots and Pivots, joined, as always, by Bud Copeland. And we are going to be breaking down the U.S. Open, the Wyndham-Clark win, uh, and everything that is Tom Watson's mental breakdown in his letter to the PGA, or, or should I say specifically his open letter to Jay Moynihan. So before we get into all of that, Bud Welcome into another fantastic Tuesday night coming off a of major. How are you? Phenomenal. We're coming off a major. We're rolling into a major. It's the KPMG PGA Women's Championship. <laughs> and uh, all eyes are going to be on Baltus Raw and Rose Zhang coming after. You know, there's yes. been a gap in the LPGA play. If you, you forget, Rose Zhang went NCAA back-to-back, first PGA Tour start win and now we're coming into her first major all eyes are gonna be on her obviously nelly court is a, a perennial favorite favorite jin young ko is and, and court uh, has been is, active is, in social media this week she's been she's been making the rounds of some comments getting Nike thrown out there this week dude she's gonna be very active she's got a lot of money coming in from nike and taylor made <laughs> now she's a, i mean she's at that level but they're at baltus roll and it brings me back to cutter our boy uh, from yes. a couple weeks ago, he's a he's a looper out at Pebble Beach, and the Women's U.S. Open is going to be at Pebble Beach. And actually, I started looking back, and it's only been in the last couple of years, but it's about damn time. You know, we're starting to see some of these women's majors at these rotating sites. You know, with the PGA and the U.S. Open. Fun fact too: the three, uh, what's the other one? It used to be the Dinah Shore, now it's the Chevron or whatever the fuck they call it. But the three women's majors that are played in the states not recognized by the ladies european tour it's not like the dp world oh, tour, the PGA tour where they both recognize the opposing not like that at all i mean there's not too much of a i guess there's only one major that's over that we recognize over there so it's not the same but yeah. found that interesting because you look at some of the future sites we got pebble uh aaron hills is for the u.s open i mean yep. wait, real quick what were we just at PGA Frisco, Congressional PGA Frisco. That's what the PGA women's got coming up. And then uh, we got Pebble this year for U.S. So- women's Open. Riv is coming up. Riviera, they're going to be at Oakmont. Pinehurst, number two. Yeah, those, those are big-name courses. They're coming to L.A. Country Club in 2033 or 2032, whatever the hell it is. So it's good to see this game expanding in that in that way. So off yeah, major, talk about, talk about major. real growing of the game of golf, right? Come on. Real growing of the game of golf, <laughs> not just lining the pockets of the fat corporate exactly. entities that are. So do you? I mean, do we just go straight into Tom Watson? Uh, let's let yeah, let's start with Tom Watson, then we'll circle into the the U.S. Open recap, and then we'll get into our travelers from there. I think that makes sense because I think we both feel feel well. Maybe not. Maybe me more strongly than you on the Tom Watson letter. Um, but because it seems like you're 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 as a as a, a lifelong it's, it's, fan of the history, you might be a little torn it. on it. I've been marinating in it for a couple of hours, right? And yeah. it's in it, my my initial reaction was, 
it's it's one of those scenarios. You know, anytime you anytime you you lead with all due respect, whatever comes after that, <laughs> or, the, or the bless your soul, it's bless your or bless heart. your heart. Jesus, sorry, I'm sorry. that's why we say it about you people. <laughs> oh, you people! All, 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 due due respect, you people? <laughs> all due respect to Tom Watson. The guy does have five open championships. All right, you know, yes. Varden's the only one who's got more than that with six. He's got five of these things, and he's got mm. three senior British Open. So he knows of what he speaks and he's earned yeah. his right to say it. Oh, that said, all due respect. I don't have to like what he said and I, I don't give a shit. Here's okay. Here's my problem with it. It, why the selective morality and why do we have to be outraged by things? And these like demanding of answers and information. I just, I, I don't, yeah. I don't get it. I just don't care. I think that's well, he the even point called himself, like, I keep oh, going back to, they can feel how they want to feel. This is all locker room shit. The, the, yeah. the general fan, I think, is over it. Oh, the people still think that live and PGA are merging. What they're going to do I is know. they're going to wake up in two years. These live players are going to be back. We're going to have maybe mm -hmm. like a fifth major or something like that. I don't know. Um, they might that you know there might be some the Abu Dhabi whatever and that yeah okay it is that's they and if you don't want to play in it you want to opt out then those are the consequences. This is how the game rolls. I just don't. I don't see it really affecting too much. Like he put this letter out there and I, th I think it's just because he felt like he had to. I mean, maybe he was like, nobody else is saying anything. I'm going to do it. You know, speak for the, you know, this generation yeah. of golfer. I just don't care. Like I saw it and I rolled I, at first I got upset. I was like, what the fuck is this guy? You know, I sent it to you and I'm like, here we go. Yeah. You know, this is going to, and then I got past it real quick and I'm looking back at the letter and I'm like, okay, he said his piece. And in my typical, and in my typical fashion, I don't get past it because, because <laughs> it pisses me off. Uh, no, but to your point about the morale, like the selective morality, he even called him, like basically called himself out or, or contradicted himself in his own letter, in that he was, like as he's saying, you need to think about where this money is coming from. He then, in like the very next sentence, says, "Now I do understand that other." American businesses are have ties to the PIF and that we use in our everyday brands. I'm like, you just you're contradicting yourself that yes, it already exists exactly. Sports don't have a different morality. If anything, sports have a less more it's been proven sports have a, a lower morality, like like okay, let's just real quick, on. real quick, let's paint with a broad stroke and a big brush, and that way yeah. we can use stereo generalizations. What you're saying is we're, we're willing to to lower our moral objections for good entertainment and you know to be wowed by the athletes, and it's kind of like Bobby Bowden in the two, I think it was 1999, the uh, the Sugar Bowl mm -hmm. in New Orleans. I one of those details is off, but Sebastian Janikowski is their kicker. I was going to blame and you, so it's all good. <laughs> it is. It was right at the turn of the century, and I think it was the '99 Knowles that went uh, wire to wire with Chris Winkie and that whole crew. But I could oh, be Chris wrong. Winky. But I do remember that the, Chris Winkie. He was like 20. I haven't years heard old. that name in a long time. <laughs> right? There's a throwback. But Bobby Bowden's getting interviewed because a bunch of his players were out past curfew. It's New Orleans, and you know he suspended yeah. a bunch of them for the bowl game. And Sebastian Janikowski was not touched. And yep. one of the reporters kind of basically said, you know, it would appear that you're giving favorable treatment to the better players who, you know, mm -hmm. can help your chances of winning. And he just kind of said, it would appear like that now, wouldn't it? And then he followed it with a little subtle bless your heart because yeah, this is nobody likes to see how the sausage is made. And no. I think that's what we're seeing here is like, I, I, my whole thing is as long as the majors are going to stay the majors, which they will. Yeah then and and you know some of this money some of this money will either trickle in or it won't you know i mean who who 
I don't care. Are you going to, you know, I still want to see world-class locations. I want to see mm -hmm. Augusta in spring. Uh, and I want to see, you know, golf's longest day lead to some of its biggest moments as we just saw this past weekend. And that's not going to change too much. So the professional game, I think it's, it's almost like politics, you know, and reality. It's kind of like this, that's the politics of the game. And we understand that there's a lot of money. There's just so much fucking money to be made there out is. there now that people are willing to just kind of swallow this or look the other way. Not everybody. See, but, and, I got, and I got some expanding thoughts on a few of the things you just mentioned, but they're going to tie in more to the U.S. Open talk, talk after we get done with Tom Watson and his letter here. So we'll, we'll circle back to that for sure, because I have some questions for you. I'll say I'll post. And I mean, he didn't say anything objectionable. I, I just I, I, I yeah, I think I have an issue with when I when I no, I'm just saying, like, I have an issue with the tone, the kind of entitled and I've led with he's got five, you know, five opens. Mm -hmm. and, you know, I think he won the Masters a couple times or whatever. I mean, he's one of the, he's, he's, he's up there. So. He, he, there's an argument for him on Mount Rushmore of golf, you know, especially for the 20th century. But uh, oh, but you nailed you nailed. So you hit two great points that he did not say anything crazy objective. And he and but it was all the tone because that's that's my biggest issue with it is that and I told you this in text earlier I said my it felt like the most predictable perfect posturing thing that somebody who oh what did I say is he running for senate yeah you said is he <laughs> this running is for it. senate he's gonna run for senate it felt like a campaign because what? what so this is this is what it felt like it felt like somebody behind the scenes was looking for anybody to make some sort of statement and they're saying you know and they they probably went around to a few people they got to tom and said tom can you just put something out there and the, he just had to appease multiple um i guess sides of the the issue here because that's what it felt like he he's it was very predictable the first paragraph he comes out he praises jay moynihan he first wishes him well uh, hope well, he gets that's the all due respect his, paragraph. Exactly. The all due respect <laughs> paragraph. So he's, he's, he says, I understand how hard your job is. I get that. And then the second paragraph is with that said, like, that's the, like, so I mean, no disrespect when I say that that's when that comes in. Well, he's um, a class act. He's Tom fucking Watson. So, so, which, so that stuff didn't surprise me. That's what I'm saying. It was very predictable, which the, would then what got me off, off track with it was, he literally was just trying to appease everyone. It seemed he wasn't saying, like you said, anything too objective to where he was, he would have pissed one side off. He didn't make a statement at all. His statements were all vague, like three, like sections of three questions in a row where he was just making. Did you just mute yourself? It's just me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. All right. Can you hear me now? Yeah, there you My, go, Verizon. Why? All right, look, I've got the letter right here in front of me, and I think what, what when I knew I was getting soft is when I started going down the road of oh, you have every right to ask these questions, and like you've ignored the moral. Nobody's ignored the moral. The moral question. Yeah. Nobody mean, has. It's, it's of, been the it's been the main topic of conversation with all of this. The moral question has been like when, the topic, and people <laughs> are getting pissed that it's the topic. That's the thing. You can't reverse now. People are sick of the moral ground being the topic here. It, when she doesn't when she doesn't call back for the sixth day in a row you got your answer you know what i'm saying like it, exactly yeah. so just saying like what who who does he want an apology from jay's not apologizing to anybody this was this was a lot of business and again we point out that jay winked at this all got started without me knowing which yep. could just be to give him that that little whisker of credibility with yeah uh some of the players and some of the player leadership also nobody's 
I don't think anything, I don't think anybody's signed any checks over yet. You know, they said we have like a framework for a deal, you know, what this entity is going to look like and how basically I think it's going to be a slush fund for player comp. That's, that's I was just say that's all that's what I was saying. It's like, gonna, I think a it's couple all weeks it's ago be. when this first happened. This is this is just a way for them to basically have a profit sharing. It's all this yeah. is. It's the NFL, it's the way NFL has profit sharing for franchises, except in this case, the franchises are the players. It's just gonna be a way for everybody to get a split of this money. And in the end, just the way laundering money works, it, in the end, <laughs> dirty money is mixed with clean money and nobody knows the fucking difference. So that's, so that, lead, your that's that leads me to my next point is because when this first happened, I was like, and Congress gets off their keister and starts coming down here, <laughs> you know, waving their shit around, which I stand by that. Like, sure. Yeah, that 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 is very hypocritical. Like, come on. I'm getting involved. It's yeah. But that's but, but that's that's another instance of the money talking. But I do somebody see somebody with money or the needing- PGA. I sure, do see the PGA tour might need to surrender their nonprofit status once this whole thing goes down, because I think it's yeah. just going to be too much money that's going to be co-mingling in reality versus paper reality. When you say like, yeah. Oh no, 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 we're going to suck. You know, you're at the same party, but we're going to pay for the DJ out of this checkbook over here. And we're going to pay the caterer from this. Ch-. It's like, what are we even doing here, folks? So I think they will that's have to surrender amount. that, but that doesn't take away from the PGA tour and the sheer fuck ton of money they do raise for philanthropy and charity. Uh, Like this week, this week's travelers. We'll get into that in a little bit here. Yes, we will. So Tom, you're fine. You know, may I feel bad for even, although I feel, I don't feel bad for the politician joke. It did read like he was going to, I just looked it up. He's 70, 73 or 76. Either way, he's not running for for office. No, no, he's not. But, but see, I could my, see it. my biggest problem with Tom's letter here was oh. how complete. Like I like I've alluded to uh, before, I got cut off because my damn mic became unplugged for a quick second. I'm glad um, you at least acknowledged it was the mic and it wasn't. It me, was the mic I, me I, cutting you off. Cause, no, no, because my my headphones went out too. And my headphones were plugged into my mic. But anyways, um, science. Just Tom Watson. He literally. I said to you earlier over text that he literally was. He was hitting all the hot button issues so that he could get the attention and appease everybody that would be reading it, you know, because he brought up 9-11 and he had a whole paragraph about how he, he supports the families of victims of 9-11. And like, like he, he mixed that in there, which felt so out of place for the rest of the article. It okay. Just now you're reminding me why I fucking hated it. Cause then he signed off yeah. some shit about, uh, well, you know, cause then he says, can, how, how I wasn't I in the, play- in the eye and myself in the mirror. And it's like, well, and then he had the line in here where he says, while I wasn't in the player meeting on Tuesday, June 6th, and then in parentheses, ironically, on the anniversary of D-Day. Like, is, that, you know, I don't, I, that didn't like, bother me because but, that is ironic. Right, but, well, but is it like to compare what was happening in the PJ to D-Day, like, come the fuck on. Like, this, I, like I don't know. Why, it's just, it just hurts it's me. It's ironic and it's not like analogous or something like that. Yeah, it's ironic. Guess, it's like, holy shit, you know, big, big events seem to happen on this day, you know? But you know what? Like, the reason that these. I get like, I get it. I get they, it. They it's put it in there to get a to rise and they got it out of me. <laughs> just the wrong They got it they out of me, too. I mean, they got it out of me, too. So we're not on the inside, admittedly, right? Like this is no. one of those scenarios where the players chirp the media because because we're the quote unquote. If you're listening to this, quote unquote media, uh, but the people who you know, like you're not inside the locker room, you don't know what it's like. This, that, and the other. Um, I, I'm. You're right. I have no. I have no idea. I. I don't. Yeah. The difference is, I'm. You know, I'm not there yet. You know, maybe one day my life turns into a reality TV show or some, you know, I get some opportunity where I'm on display for money and then I don't like how, you know, how it feels on the other side. But as a consumer, I'm not consuming them and their stories so much as I am consuming 
the game and the competition, which leads us to this yes. weekend's U.S. Open because the storylines were ripe for the picking from Sunday morning. I mean, it started off. Ah, I'm not going to get into the details. I want you to go first. What were your reactions? Because it, there's a lot been floating out there, and I can't wait to uh, disagree with you. So I know. So what was out there was that in round one and some of round two, but mostly in round one, it was way too easy for for U.S. Open standards. That's what was there, that's what was out there in the public media, and I understand that when you just compare it to the flatline scores of of U.S. Open past results, like I get it, it looks it looked like an outlier. It really did. But the fact that we had guys in on the first day shoot eight under, and then the winning score was what eleven under or ten under, like the yeah. fact that it then balanced out over the next three days, I don't care about round one at that point. Like the U.S. Open still became the U.S. Open, and what I loved about L.A. Country Club caught so much shit. Uh, what I loved about it was its versatility. The fact that they could have a par three play, one fifty nine one day, eighty one the next, oh, and then one thirty nine like that's that's the type. Of, I'm sorry, but a lot of these golfers, a lot of the, the golfers weren't a fan of it. But I bet you a, a big part of them were a fan of it because it makes them play different. It makes them think about their shots. It's just a different aspect they're not going to get in in another tournament so i loved it oh i fucking loved every minute of it and the golfers who are saying not my flavor i understand they're they're probably like brooksy he's talking about like from uh from just a straight up a straight up uh like business standpoint he's like yeah. shit this golf course doesn't suit my game not a real big fan of it like mean, he's well, still it, he still yeah. finished you know i think even or one he was hovering right around par to well, your you point, know what was yeah. great about that day that the that, that par three play what was that the was that the 15th or the 7th i feel which hole it was but 15th the 15th, the, that day that it played only like 81, 89 yards, whatever it was, the guys were still three-putting that thing because of the way they – so sure, the distance was off, but the way they placed the position the hole, like it was still a difficult shot that these guys had to play with their wedges, and it, it a lot of guys three-putted and still fucked it up. That's I'm great gonna, golf if you ask me. <laughs> I'm going to do my best Brandel Chambly. <laughs> No, I, I, I so basically, actually, the, the analogy I was going to make is this was a four day kind of orchestra and, and there yes. was different, there was different pieces and movements and, and it was almost like they, I mean, they did, they played us because they did, you know, they can't control the weather, right? The weather does have its no, say, but exactly. even the weather seemed to cooperate because it was cool and kind of score worthy day one. We got, we got a couple of record, you know, record numbers out there, which I thought was fun. And we got to be chirping. Ah, this isn't a U.S. Open setup. It was not a traditional U.S. Open setup. We got a oh. traditional U.S. Open though, because as the weekend went on, the pin placements change. It's almost like it's designed that way, right? It's almost like Gil Hans, or a golf you know, course took, was thought out, <laughs> right? You know, brought out the best in this Thomas design, and it was hard. I mean, these a lot of the players were saying, the if you hit a good shot, you and you hit it you know, where it's supposed to be, et cetera, you will get rewarded and you can yeah. score. Some of these, they, the greens were immaculate and, yeah. you know, they, the they got a little beautiful and well kept like, Bravo. and I can't wait for them to come back. There's a, the, the, the chirping about it being the corporate open because of the number of the number of, you know, on-site passes. Here's my stance on that. There was a lot that played into that. <laughs> Well, I mean, they, yeah, they're the allocate, well, how they want to allocate their, you know, their corporate suites and the money makers and, you know, you know, how many they can allow on the grounds versus want to and the traffic and et cetera. Exactly. Yeah. 
that's not what the U.S. Open's for. How many millions of people watched on TV and those ad that ad revenue? Mm -hmm. That's what we got. Is we got a world class, you know, taste with the eyes because it was fun to 100%. watch and, and it was versatile. That actually had balance written down here, because like you were yeah. saying, there were some just beefy, beefy holes, and then the ones that I thought were going to be overwhelmingly difficult, those seven and eleven. I mean, they were hard, they were long, but I mean, it seemed to me if the guys were just able to get it, you know, on that on that apron, it would feed right in. And it worked out for them. Once again, if they played a smart golf, so that's the thing. This course, what it did was it rewarded smart golf. It it, it kind of took the aspect of mod, if you want to call it modern golf, where it's just drip it and rip it, power it through, and and get closer than everyone else. Like it kind of took that away in the sense of yeah, that you had to play. You had angles. to just you had to play a smart shot, no matter how far your shot was going to be. So like that's what I appreciate about this course because it, it really. I don't know, like balance. You said it. Balance is a great word. It balanced the field out. We saw that with the leaderboard on the final day between having Scheffler, Rory, Ricky, even Dustin Johnson up there, and then to have Wyndham Clark come out on top. People hate on that. People hate that. Like I've been hearing a lot this week after the in the aftermath of it, saying that this is the problem with modern golf right now is that the stars don't win. I got no issue with Wyndham Clark winning, and I have no, no issue with the fact that the Fowler star. was there and just missed it again. Like I have no issue that Rory was there and just missed it and that Wyndham Clark won. No issue at all. I don't care if the stars win. You need stars to be at the top of the leaderboard to yeah. make it an enticing product, but you do not need them to win. I think that's been proven with golf at this point. And Wyndham Clark could actually be a star. We saw Scotty Scheffler yeah. rip off wins, you know, early on when he when he got going. Tony Finau kind you know kind of got hot there for for a minute. These guys can catch lightning in a bottle and Wyndham Clark I mean, is he the next Webb Simpson? You know, Webb Simpson won. Was it, was it a U.S. Open? I don't even remember. Might have been uh, PGA. I yeah, can't remember. Uh, was it a U.S. Open or PGA? Whatever. So he I wins forget, a major. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, Jason Duffner won a PGA. You know, so there are guys. <laughs> he sure who fucking did. He did. Oh, that, that, what they did. So, him. so remember, he, guys, remember, guys, Rocco Mediate was in a playoff with Tiger at a major. I mean. And he wore red and black happen. on Sunday, which was great. Or on Monday, which was great. Yeah. But Wyndham Clark was the one one of the three names in the top 20 that's not a household brand in golf. Everybody else was up there. And so the course did deliver a U.S. Open finish where only 17 guys were under par. I think yeah. 19 were even par or better mm -hmm. out of 156. That that's a that's pretty good test of golf. I do understand yeah. again where some of the players are saying, not my flavor, you know, I don't, not my favorite course. Which is I'm fine. Like, that's I'm not their too thrilled. Prerogative. That's fine. And Whatever. that's what, and, and, and as, you know, as good media people, that's what you find. You find in the a story field of like 150 players, guys, guess what? Not don't everyone's like going to like the course. <laughs> it, was, it, it was a gorgeous. And I also do understand uh, the criticism around not having bigger crowds or having more of the quote unquote general population out there on the rope lines, getting big ovations and everything like that. Sure. I understand the criticism because it would, it's all, you know, more people is always better. You know, we all, you know, we tune in for record breaking crowds and the big roars, but that's the, that, you know, I would much prefer more variety and diversity in the courses that we see in the coming years yeah. than, than sacrifice it for, you know, what's the tried and true. If there's, you know, if there's a gorgeous course that's cut through, you know, a wooded area and, shit let's figure it out if only five thousand people can be on the grounds whatever because how accessible the game has become through digital media means that yeah. we have the endless opportunities and i meant it when i said it this morning on this buds for you that uh you know go go follow me at this buds for you mm -hmm. four is with a e because i don't want to get sued 
uh, and it's a golf show. So go follow me on Instagram. But this morning when I said it, USGA and PGA, you look ahead and they do a pretty good job. I forget how much we come out to Pebble and stuff like that. But um, yeah. I want West Coast. I want West Coast majors every year for the rest yeah, of the time existence. frame was perfect, in my opinion. And I it's get what Wyndham Clark was day. bitching about how it got dark there at the end. Okay, you were the last guy on the golf course, and it got yeah. a little darker, a little earlier than they thought because I, I guess the, the 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 marine layer was coming in earlier. The number of times I heard <laughs> marine layer, I know. I wanted to rip my fucking eyes off. <laughs> Speaking of people who pissed me off this weekend, Paul Azinger, not one of them. He actually. I thought he got shit on inappropriately by a lot of people. I understand that, you know, he was, that he might've missed some calls, but okay, whatever. Mm -hmm. I I, I just don't understand why people want to find, they just want to chirp and it bugs me sometimes. But well, that's just the way the world is now. That's just the way it is. is. Just bitching about, Bitching about having something to bitch about is pretty much what it is nowadays. It's just, and we're gonna have to make up something to bitch about for another month because we're literally one month out from I think where we Royal Liverpool, yeah, Royal Liverpool. That'll that'll chestnut for the open. (laughs) Listen, it's not at St. Andrews, I don't think 50% of the people tune in, but Royal Liverpool, Royal Liverpool, say that 10 times fast. That's in a month in between. We got the Midwest swing with the John Deere and the Rocket Mortgage in, in Illinois and Michigan, respectively. But first, New England's yeah. finest. We hey, finally we get a golf it. tournament. And I saw a great, I saw a great comment from John Rom today because I and I get the sense that this course is setting up to be quite difficult this week um, because John Rom had a, had an interesting quote out there that, and I'm going to paraphrase this because I don't have it directly in front of me, but basically he said, um, winning a tournament with a with an over par score would be thrilling to him. Like I saw that that. he would find that thrilling. Well, I mean, so it would be because that's that's re- a real testament that that's that's what I'm sorry, but those those types of tournaments where it ends like somewhere right around like one under even one over for the winner if that happens like we've seen it happen a handful of times. Um, it happened what a few years ago at uh, oh I forget the course it was at, but I remember it. The, I think it was a U.S. Open that it was. Oh, there's definitely was, been opens that the U.S. Open yeah. that has finished over par, but, but those, because it's separate. It's I'm sorry, I hate to use this phrase. I, I hate this phrase, but it separates the men from the boys. But you really see the cream of the crop or whatever you want to say. We're canceled. Uh, (laughs) No, but uh, so it's an first of all, let's pause. We're talking about the travelers. This is one of those. This is a sneaky elevated event. I I was scrolling purses and I was like, yeah, 20 20 million. The the last few years, this tournament has gained traction even before the elevated events. This tournament has become a thing. Oh, for sure. And yeah. uh, actually, one of the philanthropies. So every every PGA Tour tournament. And that's okay. So we're we're at the Travelers TP, TPC River Highlands here in you know here in New England and Connecticut. Sixty eight hundred yards. I mean, sixty eight fifty. I think uh, they can probably stretch it to seven with some of the T placements if they want to. If they really yep. want to lengthen it out, I, I bet. Sure. Already but, sounds um, like a New England course. <laughs> it fucking does. Short, <laughs> angular. With you know, they got bent fairways, bent greens. It's going to have bluegrass, uh, fescue. Does this course have a there. double dog leg too? Does it have uh-huh. a par five that dog leg right and the dog leg left back to the green? I, have I no feel like I saw that. I, I feel no like idea. I saw that. Either way, I might be wrong. But Ignore me. Open in nineteen twenty eight, but in nineteen eighty two, Mister Pete Dye got his hands on it and he mm-hmm. gave it a once over. And then in nineteen eighty nine, Mister Bobby Weed decided to do another makeover. Now, Bobby Weed, real quick for the for the folks keeping score at home, he's one of the course architects that you may not have heard of, but you've heard of the courses or that, that he's had his hands in 
for example, original, he, he's Mr. TPC, so to speak, outside of Pete Dye, I guess, because TPC Las Vegas, TPC Sawgrass, the Valley course, stadium course mm -hmm. is, is the players. That's the Island Green. There's another 18 at that facility called the Valley course, which itself has hosted a bunch of like USAMs and that sure. level of tournament. Uh, TPC Mido, which is in Japan. I didn't know TPC Network, of course. Oh, yeah, I didn't know that either, actually. Ah, Mido or Mido. Oh, Mido or Mido. I don't know. <laughs> TPC Summerlin and TPC Tampa Bay. Though, so those are all the TPCs Bobby, Bobby Weed has done. He also did Grove 23. So I guess if mm. Jordan trusts him to do his course. I was going to say, yeah. And then he also did renovations at Medalist. The Medalist Golf Club is where Justin Thomas, Tiger, all those guys play down in South Florida there and mm -hmm. Grove. Uh, but the medalists is where, you know, where a ton of them play and the Bears Club. And then he also did Ponte Vedra Club and Inn. So Ponte Vedra is the town where TPC Sawgrass is. And the Ponte yeah. Vedra Club and Inn predates, you know, Sawgrass or TPC by like 60 years. Cool. But they had world-class golf courses and they still do. And he did well, the Lagoon and between, Ocean Course. There's your Bobby Weed trivia for the week. Between Ponte Verde and Drooper, like the, a Ponte lot of Vedra, golfers. Ponte Vedra, come on. Vedra, sorry, Vedra. But a lot of the golfers live down. A lot of them live down there too, and and those like those are the two towns that, in, at least in Florida aspects, go like, like it's like the two golf oh, hubs. Yeah, yeah. It's not, exactly. It's not a secret, but it's like so the fact that he's had his hand in those areas where these guys like to play to 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 practice, to warm up, to have fun, to let loose, whatever. Like that's those are all high attributes for him. So speaking of what Rom said, <clears throat> obviously, like you like you pointed out, he's given this course it's due and kind of wink, wink, nod, nod. This thing sets up if they, you know, if, yeah. if the you know if the weather you know holds and everything like that. Because nothing worse than if they get a little rainstorm and then they get to go uh, ball in hand. Out it's of El Nino, it's El Nino season up here though, so you never know. Fucking El Nino season. We and, and actually, I don't know what it's going to be down in Connecticut, but I know in Boston it's going to be like scattered rain and thunderstorms all weekend. It's going to be scattered rain and thunderstorms for the next three months, but yes, uh, TBC River, TBC River Highlands, uh, it is a, it is going to be a test, and it's going to be you know ball strikers course. It's going to be again you know, putting mm -hmm. is going to be something to focus on. But uh, <clears throat> before we go any further, the philanthropy. Yes, hit the his with the philanthropy, and then we'll hear from underdog before we get into our stats. So PGA Tour gets a lot of shit because they have a nonprofit status. One of the main reasons mm -hmm. they have a nonprofit status, it's not the reason somebody's going to at me and be like, well, legally speaking, just shut your mouth. <laughs> but one of the things that they kind of lean on is the fact that they run these tournaments, but they have partners. Every every tournament has a lo local partner that actually puts on the tournament, and it's usually a nonprofit or a charity themselves. So, so whether it's an actual nonprofit running the tournament or there's some sort of foundation or there's a private entity that puts the tournament on, there is a charity that everything you know kind of gets generated uh gets money from and sure. this is where you know your pro-am money goes and like you know birdie challenges and it could be a sponsor and there's a good there's a lot of times there's multiple it's not like there's just one uh you know every single time but you know a lot of times you'll hear about the boys and girls club of houston being you know the you know the the benefactor but this week it's the hole in the wall gang camp and so we got 31 minutes in before our first, I think it's the first camp reference in like 91 minutes of the show. That's the I was going to say, actually, you did not make one last week. It's a US so week, man. We I'm had proud to of you, man. But the hole in the wall gang camp, and I think I've talked about it on the show before, was started by Paul Newman back in the late 80s. He bought some land in Ashford, Connecticut, like 300 acres. Uh, it's gorgeous down there. And he wanted a camp for terminally ill children or basically kids going through some serious illness and, you know, could be life threatening or not. Mm -hmm. 
but he wanted them to have a place to quote unquote raise a little hell and be normal for a change in a world and when when their world all of a sudden is not normal. So this summer camp is built down there and the hole in the wall gang is a wink and a nod to his Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. That was the name of the gang there in that movie. And the whole thing is kind of themed around that. So, you know, the program areas look like an old Western, you know, town uh, that actually burnt down a couple of years ago. They had a, a fundraiser to to get it back up and running. Some of the some of the Shit. paraphernalia from when Paul Newman drove in the 24 hour of Le Mans uh, is oh, hanging yeah. up on the walls down there. It's like it's some pretty cool shit. Uh, but anyway. That's the camp. And, and, and it's, and basically the, the thing behind it is that it's a hospital too. Like all the cabins are built with anything you would need for these kids who are going through whatever condition, world-class doctors give up their, or donate their, you know, PTO and they go there to work for a week. They volunteer to be like sure. an on-site doctor and they've got some great facilities for them to like bring their families along. Uh, it's a gorgeous place, but Paul Newman got it started in the, in the late eighties. And if you ever buy Newman's own dressing, or, oh, all the know, time. Yeah, and like the pink lemonade, and they oh. have a pomegranate lemonade that I'm addicted to. I got I got a strawberry lemonade in my fridge right now, actually. The proceeds, the proceeds from that uh, for Newman's Foundation, all that goes to uh, the Hole in the Wall Gang Camp and the nice. other camps that are in the Serious Fun Network of camps. So there you go. That's just one though. That's one example. I mean, every single one of these tournaments does that. Uh, yeah. I don't know if the I don't know if the majors have philanthropies. I'm sure they do. I'm sure whatever like location they're yeah. in, they find they have they have to have some sort of longstanding local like like Augusta for some reason. I'm sure they have some sort of longstanding local charity. Well, like and it's not even just charity. So we talk about philanthropy. Augusta National recently just signed a partnership. They called up the local muni and they were like they were like, hey, we're going to put our money and resources behind getting your course up to up to snuff so that Augusta. Oh, that's awesome has you know a, a high caliber course for the public too so we could go all day in this though point being sure you know with all the with all the stereotypes around the game of golf it does generate some good and as a matter of fact a lot of the estimates out there suggest that it generates more for philanthropy than all the other pro sports combined which is mind-blowing i believe think it. Of it no i actually i believe i believe it so just because it's, anyway. it's been so forward you know front forward but um back to you in the studio yeah, let's take a quick break. Let's hear from our, our partners over at Underdog Fantasy. Use the discount code DIVPIV. Uh, get a, your first deposit matched up to $100. We're going to hear from them real fast. And when we come back, we're going to get to our key stats. We're going to get to the Travelers Championship. We're going to get to our picks to get you that money. And we'll find out just how much Bud beat me by this week at the U.S. Open. Fantasy Sports Corp and Underdog Fantasy have teamed up to start your fantasy season off in the win column with Best Ball. What is Best Ball? It's quite simply the easiest way to win. No team management, no trades, no waivers. It's their biggest contest ever and it has only gotten bigger. You simply have to sit and win. You don't even have to set your lineup. Always get your best score every week. Just <coughs> enter a contest, draft your team, and Underdog will do the rest. What could make this even better? How about free money? Up to $100 using our exclusive promo code. Go online now and use the promo code DIVPIV to double your deposit up to $100. You tell them Gingerbread sent you. Good girl. Gingerbread sent you with that code DIVPIV, D-I-V-P-I-V. Let's get into the Travelers Championship. Because as you. you said, what was that? What'd you say? You're very close to the camera, dude. 
don't know. Okay, he's not talking. He doesn't hear me. I don't know why. Anyways, let's get into our our, our picks and our and our stats this week for the Travelers Championship. Uh, look, so last week at the U.S. Open, uh, we lost Bud for a second. We'll we'll get him back here. Uh, but Bud did sneak out the win on me. He had a five or six lineup. I had a four or six lineup. It was one of my worst uh, weekends as far as DraftKings go in uh, recent weeks. I, my streak of cashing broke, unfortunately. Um, but that's okay because I did have uh, got some little solace in the fact that I had Wyndham Clark at the top of my model last week. So if you were listening and you and you listened to the show, you had uh, you, you played our picks. Wyndham Clark was at the top of the model. So uh, the first time I think the model nailed the winner as number one. We we've had the winners being the top ten, top five before, but I think that's the first time the winner's been number we've one. We've been flirt. We've been flirting with success the uh, the last couple of weeks, and I mean I had yes. Rory in my. I mean I had Rory number one in my model, so we, we were, uh, which is ironic because I beat you last week, even though you had the winner in your. Well, and that's what saved me because you you ended up only beating me by thirty one, even though you had an extra player. Uh, for the last two days, so uh, you beat was, me by 31 points. Being a spanking, big yeah, because it, it was after the first day, it was shaping up to be a spanking because my first day was not good. Uh, but when the Clark before saved it for the travelers, I gotta say, do, what were you more disappointed in the Rory, the Rory near miss, or the Ricky implosion? Uh, the Ricky implosion, because as as bad as this is going to sound yeah. to say, I've gotten used to the, the Rory the near miss. I figured I'd ask anyway. Yeah, I've gotten used to the Rory near miss at this point. And it sounds yeah. awful to say, but it just keeps happening to him. Uh, Ricky, it felt because of where he's been the last couple of years and the in the run he's been on this year of getting back to stardom. It felt like it was his week. It, it like I think everybody was feeling, it. everybody was cheering for him, and then for him to just dropped the way he did. That was unfortunate. So that was more shocking. That was more of an, like a, an emotional spot to be like, well, damn it. Like it didn't happen, but, and not to take anything away from Wyndham Clark. Cause I think Wyndham Clark uh, played his ass off. He deserved it. I love the story about him and his mom. And then Ricky coming up to him after the round saying, if your, your mom was here, she'd be so proud of you. Like the Ricky, the, the forever professional and just great guy. Um, and the, the, so you gotta love that. And, and look, Wyndham Clark, is no no slub here. Oh, schlub, schlub, schlub. The word schlub. Uh, he's no. I remember. I I had guys. I had friends texting me in, in a group chat, being like, "This Wyndham Clark guy, no name." And and uh, I was like, "He's a lot of guys were on him. He's made twenty five or twenty eight cuts this year. Like the guy's been having a fantastic golf year. people were on him. Not a lot golf of people. Were of, on not him, not a lot of people outside of our nerd dumb know about Wyndham Clark. They do now. Yeah. And I mean, sometimes that's all it takes, but again, he could, he could also be, you know, what did I say earlier? Webb Simpson, Jason Duffner, yeah. uh, Lucas Glover won the, you US don't know, but, but you know what, but what is truth gun, to your, I, I, truth gun to your head? I could give you 10, I could flash 10 cards in front of you. You couldn't pick Luke, Lucas Glover up. Neither could I. And I, I mean, like, I, well, I, actually can, I, remember, I remember following Lucas Glover quite a bit when he was on his run. So I could right, pick him example, out of the lineup. Oh God. What did I text you at the beginning of the week? Steve Jones, 1996. Oh yes. Which took me a second to even realize why you were texting me that. Cause I was like, what? And I realized that that's what I, that that's what I hope doesn't happen to Wyndham Clark. Though now the yes. difference being Steve Jones at that point was a little bit of a journeyman. Wyndham Clark is still really young in his career. I was gonna say he's young and he's been a name that's been slowly up and coming for the last couple of years, as far at least in the DFS community. Like he's been a name that's been oh, he's consistent about. as shit in DFS, but that's my point exactly. is he's known to us, everybody else. I mean, Wyndham Clark 
was not as many places as Ricky Fowler would have been in the last 48 hours. Sure. Had, no. You know what I'm saying? But so they had their, they had the, they had their storylines lined up. And once it kind of down, I stole, I'm stealing this from DP. Uh, but once they started coming down the back nine, you could feel how they were unpacking Wyndham Clark's yeah. stories a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. I did see earlier in the week the story about him uh, ordering a putter that was identical to Ricky Fowler's, too. So if you didn't know that yeah. story, basically, is they were working on, you know, they both went to Oklahoma State. And Wyndham mm-hmm. Clark dropped out when his mom died. And then he ended up going back to Oregon. Then he, you know, on and on. Yeah. And he wins the U.S. Open. Ricky Fowler, if you don't know, wears that orange on Sunday for Oklahoma State, and that's kind of his homage to the Cowboys, and he stays connected to the program. He talks to the players. He goes back. Oklahoma State is like – I'm not going to say Alabama because I mean, close to like the Alabama of yeah, but when know, it comes to like, golf schools, that's yeah, it's, it's that, they, yeah, it's, they're, it's you know, they're, they're one of they're one of the perennial favorites, and they just I mean, into that matter, so is Oklahoma too. I mean, they're both right. big golf schools, yeah. But um, Victor Hovland's another cowboy, so, anyways. Ricky and Wyndham are working on their putting and, mm-hmm. you know, Wyndham's trying to figure some stuff out and he takes a couple strokes with one of Ricky's putters. Now these putters that these guys use are not like the ones you and I are pulling off. the no. rack. I don't care if you are going for the $600, you know, Scotty Cameron. Yeah, it don't know, matter. It still doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. <laughs> yeah. These are customized for these guys. Every piece yeah. of equipment they use is specific to them. The, the angle of the shaft makes sense. Yeah, the arch it, of their back. So the for a player to say, I want like, that, you know, I want that exact specific setup. I mean, it's not unheard of, but it is poetic when they, they end up in this, in the, you know, in the final group yes. together on, on Sunday for a major. And then the other guy wins anyway but i bring that up because i do like ricky this week uh you said it you said he's trending and maybe he's just maybe maybe there there is a difference between winning and winning a major and ricky has won on big courses and big stages with quail major yet waste management the players uh you know he doesn't have that major yet he's got the international exposure i think this was Mm -hmm. big for him in the Ryder cup bid maybe Oh, hundred uh, percent. He's got. I think he's a lock in the Ryder Cup. Now. He's got he him. He's to. great. He's he, he's first team all locker room. He's the next kind of I would say, Phil or you know maybe even like a Kiz. I, I want I want more Kiz mm. just for his match play and his. I know his he's demeanor. just he's a different animal in that setting. But these these even these Ryder Cup courses get you know they get stretched out for for the big boys to put on a show. Anyways, I like so, Ricky this week because maybe he still is yeah. peaking, and so maybe we come to another elevated event, and he's still riding. You know that that guy. So here's the here's so a, here's the thing with Ricky. He's got three straight top ten finishes. So 100 percent right. ride him right now. He's finishes number seven in my ride, model this week. Ricky, ride. And so let's not talk only about models he, real quick. So here's here's the thing. Not only is we'll get to the full model, but but just because oh, we're Ricky, not only is Ricky Fowler number seven in my model this week. He's also because of the collapse he had, unfortunately, this past weekend. He's a little underpriced considering how well he's played. He's only ninety one hundred. That's my and point. and because of that, he's only around 11 owned. Ricky Fowler is a smash play for me this week. That's a no brainer. Is is Ricky Fowler bringing the bang for you this week? I want him to bring the bang to me so bad this week. Oh God! Don't talk like that ever again. I do. It. I I do. Okay, so I do like a lot of I do like a lot of value plays this week. Um, yes, and my model like a ton of you value. Go, you can go duds and studs. You know, you can take you can take something from the top of the menu, which I might I might. No, but what is I, your? I'll, what's I'll your even I'll even this tease week? this. I'll even tease this right now. We'll get to it later. But my model like thirty at, seconds. My model at number twenty one has spit out a guy who was six thousand dollars on DK and zero percent owned. At number 21. That's what my model spilled this week. So there's a ton of value. 
this week. We'll get Either to that, that later in the show. Screaming at the rain. Talk to me, Goose. What are your key three? Yeah, so my key my well, my key five. Your key three, my key five. <laughs> so uh once again, well, so you know it is really key three because at this point strokes gain, putting, strokes gain approach, they're approach, they're just gimmies. Uh so they're never changing. So I guess it is key three. Uh the the other key three for me outside of those two um is going to be I want You're birdies are, three. I want birdies are better this week. This this is, is a week where I need guys who are gonna be able to score. Um, because as, as Rom alluded to, I don't think there's going to be a ton to go around. Uh, I want guys who can, who can score when they need to. So birdies are better is a big one for me this week, uh, as well as proximity 150 to 175 for approach shots. And then just about damn near half the course is our par fours between 400 and 450 yards, which makes sense considering you said it's about 6,800 roughly total course length here so par force 400 to 450 is my fifth stat this week uh so that's putting that's approach that's birdies are better 150 to 175 and then 400 to 450 what do you got for me so i've strayed from my key three for majors for you know i've gone four a couple times but i'm i'm, I'm ratcheting it back to three because i'm remembering okay. the, you know the kiss method keep it simple stupid we do have this nice. season-long competition going that is pretty pretty well pretty pretty we're pretty neck tight yeah we're, we're, we're still we're still pretty pretty close and there's after this week i bet you we're probably I, I haven't done the math yet but I, I would say we're probably within like 50 points of each other oh easily because it was it wasn't that big of a margin to begin with and i know it was about like 30 uh, exactly, this week yeah. so you know it's definitely under 50 i think and yeah. uh and i do want to see because I, I start laughing and smiling when i hear you talking about par fours you know 400 to 450 when in, in reality this week is another balanced golf course where they do have yeah. a couple of par threes over 200 a couple of par threes that are in the mid one you know mid 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 hundreds I don't know, the aughts okay. uh but i like what you said with birdies are better that's my third because i i too yeah. i have i have uh, strokes gain ball striking because ball striking takes approach and off the tee which i think if approach is the best singular variable that you can use to you know determine a player and how they're playing then why not take a variable or a yeah. stat that incorporates that into it and take it off the tee so overall ball striking and ball strikers course you know we talked about bobby weed we talked about pete die how this course is set up and those are shot makers you know you're not just going to bomb it find it bomb it find it yeah uh, not this week not this happen. week as they ain't gonna happen but so i got ball striking strokes game putting and birdies are better because this course mm-hmm. has yielded a 58. Mr. Jim Furyk shot 58 on this course. There has been what several rotations with 60s and 59s. So, it, 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 you know, you get it going. You hit some good shots and you're rolling the rock. You can score because it's not long. Uh, it's just going to depend on the weather and the setup. And like you said, with John Rom kind of cryptically saying, I would be honored to win a tournament over par. That means it was a true mm-hmm. test of golf or whatever. It makes me wonder if they were, if he was still referencing the U S open and not this week, because I don't see it's the possible. travelers. I don't see the travelers producing a ton of, uh, punishing scores, but then again, if you give these guys enough time to set these courses up, they can tweak them out. That bluegrass rough is no joke. And we saw what the yes. rough can do last week at the LA Open. Or at the LA Open. Well, uh, well, it was the LA Open. It right? was basically, yeah. Uh, so, you, But also, you know, just coming off of a major, I, I would be curious if I had the time to put the research in coming off the week after a major if there's a downtick in scores um, just because of the toll it takes on, on the on, – the guys just having just played in that, I, I'd be curious to see if there's a correlation there. I just haven't had the time to do that research myself to see if that's makes sense or not. 
well, for a lot of us, this is gonna be the last time we see these guys until uh, the Scottish yeah. Open or Andrew yeah, it's gonna be a little bit of a break here. We're gonna have, we're gonna have some pivot episodes. So you might, this you might get somebody rising up, but let's talk about it real quick. Let's get through them. And uh, yeah. and I actually do have somebody highlighted in the 10K range because at 10% and as hot as he is, even 10.9, Rory McIlroy is it, mm-hmm. it hits for me. He's second in my model. Patrick Cantlay, I'm not paying 10 or. or 10, well, 10 to Patrick. Oh, he's 17% ownership. That's what I saw. And I'm like, man, um, even though this course set perfectly for him. God, look at that hairline. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> but Xander Shoffley, Xander Shoffley, again, he came out yeah. the gates hot the U.S. Open. I like Xander this week. He a can lot. hit John Rahm's always a good bet. He's one. Like so here's the thing you mentioned, year. you mentioned Rory at 10, nine. I'm actually skipping over Rory this week and I'm going right to John Rahm at 10, eight in this range at, for the same projected ownership uh, for $100 less, but John Rom comes out number five in my model this week. You uh, made me a believer. Yeah, I and should, I like I so. Like and this isn't anything against Rory. I just for the hundred dollars less, the difference in ranking John Rom's number five in my model, Rory's number twenty four. Uh, that's a big enough difference for me for that little bit of price for me to to drop down to to Rom. Well, see, and I'm probably going to be building from the ground up this week, anyways. I'm going to try to take. I'm yes. going to literally go down, go down low, and see if I can find uh, you know a couple three of the seventy or maybe even six, but mostly seven K well, range the, to set myself the, up, and it might need that hundred dollar buffer. With the value so available like that. this week, with the value available wait, wait, wait. This, this week, you could have a ten and, and a high nine or two tens. It right. could happen and, this week. And we already said that we both like Ricky at ninety one. So in the ten k range, you like John Rom, I like Roy McIlroy, but you've 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 turned me into a Rombo. Yeah, uh, and, and, you to, and to your point, I do like Xander as well. I, Xander's number two in my model, but for two percent less projected ownership, I'd rather have Rom for three spots worse in my model. That's fair. And just and just a four hundred dollars more. Is this really what about the nine K range? Because the nine K range is interesting because we both we've already said we've beaten Ricky as a dead horse here. So we like Ricky uh ninety yeah. Sub ten percent. I don't think there's a hangover there. I no. I, I like Tony Finau. I like Tony Tony Finau at eight percent. So I like uh, his ownership. I'm just not loving his game right now. His his putting, but his putting's been rough right now. That's what I'm. That's what I'm a little off on. But that is the that is the one stat that someone can turn around week to week from last in the field to first in the field. You just yeah. don't know. Also, 100%. could be some familiarity. But I, I definitely think. I mean, put a put a you know put a stake in Ricky and see what he's doing. Max Max Homa. I'm just skipping right down into it. Oh, he's range. pissing me off recently. Yeah, I might give him. He some really love, is. I am I might, such a I Max Homa fan, but he has just been pissing me off. I'm, I might I might give him some run this week just because the bounce back factor. Also, did you see him and JT drinking, yeah. drinking rosé <laughs> going Instagram? He nailed it though. William Clark at ten and under is going to win this. So it, it, so I'm so here's the thing. I'm glad you brought up Wyndham, Wyndham Clark again because because we have this thing on the show where we don't play the the guy who won the week before, and I'm going to stick to that. Yeah, I, I'm staying away from it. And so I am. I am too. I'm not going to play him, but it doesn't change the fact that Wyndham Clark has now turned out as number one in my model again this week. Has he really? He's tempting. He really my has. Model. Which is tempting because he's 9,200 and he's four four point nine percent projected ownership right now. So it is so tempting to just play him to make the cut. But that's the thing. At 9,200, he's now. Last week he was 70. I think he was 7,500 last week the U.S. Open, and now just just because he won, he's shot up to 92. So. Just the U.S. Open, you think you're you think you're hot shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
look, if if he was if he was at this ownership at say like eighty five hundred, even eighty four, eighty five hundred, and it was still ranked out number one, then I might actually play him. Not to not a not thinking he would win, but I would play him to make the cut and still put up a good DFS score because he's ranking out so well and he's he's just on a heater right now. Uh, but ninety two hundred is just too much. Like because at ninety two hundred, you you need someone who's going to finish top ten. If you're if you're really looking to make money, so I I can't bring myself to play him uh, coming off his win this week. It's just too much of an emotional high. And I want to play. Tom, I want to play Tommy Fleetwood, but not at fifteen percent. And he's see, too, I can't, uh, yeah. he's too. So streaky. Tommy Fleetwood quietly came to a, a T five finish this past week. I feel like he it, it felt like he was. As, it wasn't quite. He shot another sixty three on Sunday. So so and I know so I know that, 62. but I felt like every time I turned on the TV and watched the coverage, I felt like he was going in the opposite direction. So that was probably just the timing of me watching it, but. It, at 9,300 for at around 15%, 15, 16% ownership. Like, that's the part that I there's better value in that 9K range that I'd rather play. Like, so where Victor do you see Hoffman your value at, 9, in 9K. at 99? You like Victor at 99? Victor I do like Victor, Victor at 99. He, I mean, he's he's another one that well, he's he won the memorial and then he yeah. was he was up that he was up and out and about at the U.S. Open. He's got so, four right, straight cool. top 20 finishes, including that win at the memorial. And before that, the Wells Fargo, he had T43. I don't hate Matthew Fitzpatrick at nine thousand either. Seven percent ownership, and he, you know, I, I just, yeah, I feel like he's. I just, I, I don't know why I look, I overlook it, and I think it's because I just, I'm in love with Ricky at ninety one, and you like, and I, I like, know that is the thing. It's just Ricky and I like Tony Finau at ninety seven. Anyways, eight K range. Let's get through it. I already tipped yes. my hand that I like Max Homa at eighty nine hundred because really I see that as a nine K in my brain. And I've talked about it. There's two. There's a name that I say all the damn time, and he's 17th in my model, Mr. Shane Lowry, six percent. Come on down. You, you, you. This year, love. So Shane Lowry has become like he's, between Shane Lowry and David Lipsky. Like you, you have yourself a nice little. I've always had a little thing for Lipsky and Rye <laughs> ever since I saw those boys at the Zurich, and they did me well. I've always given. Them, I actually thought about Lipsky this week, but God, he's been way too shitty and just streaky for me to put in how, kind of how much did you say shane lowry was worth it? why don't i see him where is 8200 six percent ownership yeah you know what i, I don't yeah i don't mind I like that it. play that's great that's great ownership leverage like i don't mind that for that price that's and that's i've said it this call. year if there's a couple of players that if they pop in my model mr m and mr kim and, and mr sun yep. jm at 8700 he's ninth in my model fifth you know five percent ownership that's a lot of leverage and I'm going to trust my numbers one more time. And it I'll is. probably, I'll probably actually give him more love than I give Max Homa. Mm. Uh, but Max, oh, Homa, Max Homa just pops out because he's eighth in my model and 5% ownership. I could also see him go O2 barbecue because yes. mentally he's going, that was embarrassing. I just want so, to get to the next a, major. And that's my thing against Sung J M is that like, I don't love Sung J M's game right now. I love get him. what you're saying, but his last four appearances, three missed cuts and a T41 at the Memorial. He's like, due. Yeah. He's due. Sure, you can look at that. And you can, how many people said that about Ricky three years ago? And then they go burn. You know, like so. I'm I'm not I'm not there for Sung Jay this week. But you know who I am here in the. AK I'm there. Exactly. I'm there for my model. I don't love I'm doing it for this. the model. Okay, so fine. We're gonna we'll, we'll use the model. I don't. My model does not love the AK range this week. The only guy in the AK range that my model likes this week is Sahith Thigala at eighty three hundred and around eleven percent ownership. So he hasn't been he hasn't been burning up the leaderboards, but he's quietly made at least five straight cuts. Uh, you know, as far as this, he's uh, a safe decent... bet to make a cut. I mean, that, fin- that, fin- that's all you're looking fin- for out of him. And he finished T second here last year. Now remember, he uh, finished T second here last year, coming off a near miss at the U.S. Open last year. 
Like the schedule hasn't changed. This this followed the US Open last year. Too. PGA. What was that? PGA. Oh, that was at the P. You're right. You know what? I apologize. Thank you for correcting me. He had the mere. Mi- that was at the PGA. I apologize. Actually, right. I could have let that float out there. No, but no, the integrity no, no, but I'm of glad the show comes me. first. You're, right. you're you're right. But the still, Sahith Agala ranks out. He ranks out 11th in my model this week. He's 8,300 and around 11, 12% ownership. He's made 26 out of 28 cuts, which I don't think we've really realized this year. Oh, I realize it. He's he is he's easy money for a cut maker. That 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 so it, that ownership is going to go up because, as you pointed out, runner up last year, uh, and yeah. you know he and he's got a little bit of swagger to him now. Um, he's still so a I'm humble not, guy, so, but I mean so the guy thing, can I'm play. Not, I'm not sure that ownership is going to go up too much because what I'm seeing a lot of in the trends here is for just within five hundred dollars less than him, we're seeing ownership going to Tom Kim around 13 14%. We're seeing Tom ownership hot. So we're seeing ownership going to Siwoo Kim at 8,000 at around 13 14%. And the biggest one we're seeing ownership going to within $500 at 7800 is Russell Henry who's almost 19% projected ownership this week. Woof, so it feels like woof. we're going to be able to get Sahith Gala at an ownership value this week and I love the way he rates out at this course. Fake news. It's not going to happen. All right, 7K. <laughs> there's a lot of value down there. Uh, and I'm I'm big on the top of the 7K range because yes. I saw a lot of green in the in the ownership. I mean, it's high green, but it's for names that, again, Keegan Bradley pops 20th my model. Keegan Bradley, and it starts with a 7, and we're in New England. Duh. Mark it 8, dude. That's, Adam, you know what? That's a fantastic point. I'm, I'm glad Adam, you said that. <laughs> Adam Scott at 7,900. Adam Scott is better than 7,900, even in an elevated event. So unless they know something I don't know or there's some sort of like course history, Adam Scott – uh, 18th in my here. model. Corey Connors, 14th in my model. And Denny McCarthy, 15th in my model. Corey Connors, 7,700. Corey Connors hits it so well. This is a, I, yeah, I said, ball strike. I know, but I'm, I'm, a little, I'm a little, I'm a little raw on Corey Connors after last week. If Corey Connors allows me to get Rory and, or, you know, John Rom and, then I'll swallow Corey Connors or I'll drop down and get me some well, Denny McCarthy because so I was gonna say because nobody puts better than Denny McCarthy. I'm glad you said Denny McCarthy because Denny McCarthy is exactly who I would do. We agree on Denny over, McCarthy over Connors. Ring the bell for Denny McCarthy because Denny McCarthy is number nine in my model. He's 7,600 and he's under 10% projected ownership. And like you just alluded to, he's the number one putter in this field over the last 24 rounds. So he's also top five in par fours, 400 to 450. And he had a T20 last week and a second place finish at the Memorial. I like Eric Cole at 7,300 because he has also I been do. hot right now. And Man, he's stop, 11th in caught, my model. stop reading my stars. Well, let's be honest. <laughs> we have the same base ingredients. You just read the recipe kidding, with all your extra par four, 450 shit. Um, <laughs> and then just because I talk about strokes game home life, this guy just turned pro. So none of his data is going to make him rank out very high. I know. I think I know who you're going to say it. Yeah. I think I know who you're going to. Who? No, no. It's, uh, is, is it is it who was just in the U.S. Open this past Ekroat? week? No. Uh, Sam Bennett. Oh, oh, Sam, Sam Bennett. Bennett. Yes, of course. U.S. He amateur had, he showed out at the Masters. U.S. Open turned, turned pro at the at the and goes to the Memorial and does well. You know, yeah. makes a name for himself. You know, he's up there going into the weekend at the U.S. Open. The kid's going to break through sooner than later. There was a few years back, I think people might remember, where like. It was when like Colin Morikawa got his win, Matt Wolf got his win, Victor Hovland yes. got like this class of guys all came out. 
Sam Bennett is the next in that class. I think like it in the next year, like we're going to see Gordon Sargent. You saw was the low am. He's going to go pro here soon, and he's going to win right out the gates. These are those kind of pro ready amateurs. Long gone are the days of you know Jack Nicholas. Well, even he won as a young buck. But guys coming out on tour and it takes them you know three four years of getting that scar tissue. These guys are getting that scar tissue at the AJGA level at the college level, and so they yeah. come out there kind of not battle tested. But because of the the elite level of training that they're receiving at such a young age, it's kind of like quarterbacks in the NFL. You know, yeah, they're just no longer do you have to it. sit there for two or three seasons to get a feel for it. They're ready. So, so Sam before, Bennett. Because we only have a couple minutes left, I do want to get to some guys in the 6K range. I'm going to rattle off some names I like in the 7K range that you didn't touch on already. Uh, and we'll start with uh, Emiliano Grillo I like this week. I have him uh, highlighted. I just skipped over that. Sorry, we yep. agree there too. Yeah, so I have him. I also really like Patrick Rogers this week. Uh, great ownership play if you're looking for some leverage there. Oh, excuse me. Uh, Christian Bazudenhout, again, he's been a fan favorite of the show this week. He's this your year. Shane Lowry. Don't fan he's my Shane Lowry. Yep. He's your Shane Lowry. 100%. Uh, Taylor Moore I like as well. Andrew Putnam I like. Sepp Straka. Adam Schenk I like. Um, and that is, that does it. that's the 7K range for me right there. Those are the guys I just want to make sure we said their names on the air. So we can then, well, I want to say so 30, I want to say 30 or 40 names so that when one of them okay. hits, uh, there's one, I have one player, <laughs> I have one player in the 6K range highlighted. And I'm super curious to see who you have from 6K because you, you, you hinted at some value that you like. And I want to see if my one person ends up on your list. All right. So what you want me? To, okay. So here's, cause I have just a couple guys highlighted in my 6K range. I think it's four. Uh, so I got Mark Harbert at 6,900. Who's actually God, pretty high. Everybody loves him. Yeah. He's, I was going to say he's, I'm, I'm tempted to not play him because his ownership yeah. is for around 14% at 6,900. That's just it's too one much. Of those things like the, the odds makers know something we don't. Yeah. But he's been, he has been playing good golf. So I, I get it. Um, I also know. like Ben Martin at 6,700. Uh, under 5% ownership, I will take that. Uh, look, I, I like Ches Reeve again. I, can't hate that, I hate that I've said his name multiple times this year. He's uh, back. But he's I like Ches Reeve again, mainly because of his course history here. He's made the cut four straight years here, uh, and he finished T25 at the RBC Canadian T50. He, he's made four straight cuts. Uh, ranks out 38th in my model, so around 10% ownership at 6,700. I don't mind Ches Reeve at all. Um, and then I dropped down to, I think the only other guy I have in my model, this is the guy I alluded to earlier. Hear me out. All right. I don't know what any of these freaking tournaments he's been in recently are from their names other than the Puerto Rico. Um, uh, but his recent results are the Puerto Rico. He missed the cup. And then the pinnacle bank, he finished 14th, the Utah, he finished T 17th, the price Cutler. He finished T 19th at $6,000. 0% ownership, a guy who has played here before, but not as re- not since 2018 when he finished T42. In 2017, he finished T26, Brett Stagmeyer. What a, just- the, if you are looking for an absolute shot in the dark to hopefully make the cut just so that if, any, if nothing else, you can get five other guys who do make the cut? I'm taking why not take a shot on Brett Stagmeyer at the lowest possible price you can get somebody at? 
You could do that, or you could pay sixty nine hundred for Michael Kim, somebody who plays actual golf for a living. No, yeah, I'm just kidding. You were mentioning those, cor- those were those are corn fairy events. He is so he's an up and comer. You never know. He could, I know he. Is. I, know. I just I, like I literally Kim. just got done doing a rant about how they're you know these guys are battle tested and hardened when they come out. Yep. Although yeah. there's a difference between clawing up the corn fairy and winning the USAM and kind of being at the, there. Sure. There's there, it's kind of there's that you know there's players that get so drafted that, so that's in the, the first round and room. there's players who are signed to off-season contracts. So Michael Kim's the guy you were alluding to at the beginning of this this segment here of the 6K range because and if he is I get it because Michael Rim does Michael Rim. Michael Kim does rank out 23rd in my model as well. So I 100% get it and at 4% ownership, yeah. Uh I very well will be playing myself so Michael Kim as well. I think Michael Kim and Sam Bennett are going to be my kind of gut plays to allow me to spend some money up top. I like it. I like Good. it, dude. Good. Look I think we gave you guys enough. Uh, oh, our goal is to give gold, you half the field so we, can claim, so we can claim victory no matter what. That's our <laughs> that's our goal here on Defensive Pivots. No, I'm kidding. We, we want to give you guys some quality picks. I think we did that as always. But look, get catch us next week every Tuesday at 8 o'clock here on Fantasy Sports Corporation. Uh, we'll have you covered for recap and the Travelers Insurance, and then we'll get ready for what is our – our short little slow time here in the summer leading up to the, the open championship the sleepy Midwestern swing. Yeah. It's just a little bit of a, it's probably the biggest downturn, but, but you know what? We've, we've been on a full speed uh, runaway trains uh, for the last couple months, months here. So uh, tune in every Tuesday, eight o'clock fantasy sports corporation. Check us out on Twitter at divots and pivots. Uh, check out bud at this buds for you Eric for Cole. E. did we say eric cole we did say eric cole okay, you did sorry. yeah sorry. that's the back one that I, I said where you're you're cheating because we uh, have back, them both. back to you in the studio we both have them check me out at uh real mr mallard i'm andrew the duke mr mallard bud copeland to my right we will see you next week here on divots and pivots we love you all good luck this week <laughs>